It's episode 54 of the Improv London podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Moses, and this week's guest is Eric Castellan. So, I thought maybe we would start by talking about some of your current projects. Yeah. And you're in a group with Stephen Davidson. Can you tell me the name of the group and perhaps a little bit about it? So, with Stephen Davidson, we are a duo and we are called the happiest people in the world. Really? That's quite a statement. It is. It is. But I think it suits us. Um, Essentially, because we're both very smiley and (laughs) even if happiness is not necessarily easy to catch it feels that when i'm doing improv with steven we're in that state of happiness anyway so it suits us i think so do you only have that state of happiness when you're performing with him oh i no i think <laughs> i think i'm a very happy person in general uh i think <laughs> playing with steven is of course a very delightful experience at any time <laughs> But I don't need him to be, or to feel that state of happiness. <laughs> um, what, 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 what do you need? What do you, I mean, because I'm, I'm very interested in the idea of happiness. And I'm just kind of, well, what's your secret? What should we all be doing to be as happy as you <laughs> and Stephen? Um, I, I don't know. I don't have a special recipe, to be honest. It's, uh, it's more a... Um, I don't know, a, a way of looking at life, even though sometimes it's difficult to have bad experiences. If you look forward and you're somewhat in the moment, which is the main purpose of improv, I think you can reach that level of happiness. You know, it's like, it's like these or horses. I don't have the specific uh, word, but they, you, you can blind say. Yeah, bl- um, yes, they're blinkers. Blinkers? No. Horse. So they have that. Yes. So in a way, if you're in the moment and you're focused on that, you also have these blockers and then you'll feel happy. Right, okay. So it's, it's about being in the moment, not dwelling too much on the past and not thinking too much about the future. Exactly. Cool. All right. That's a really interesting connection between sort of being happy and um, improv, which obviously for me is a happiness thing, but I hadn't thought about it as being connected by being in the moment. So... When you're performing uh, with Stephen in this duo, what's what's the format? It's uh, w- well, we don't really have a format per se. It's very organic, so we let we we, we let the other surprise the other. We, so it's very delightful. Uh, I I really like the sort of chaos that we sort of build together, and then still we find a way to make sense out of it or at least I think we make sense out of it (laughs) (laughs) so do you get a suggestion from the audience or no not at all actually we we start from nothing because I mean that's a good thing to do you should probably maybe try that you mean ask for suggestions yeah I don't know I quite I quite like not to ask for suggestions because I feel that our work especially with Steven is to sort of uh, really build on what we are feeling and what we are experiencing first as human beings but also as improvisers on the stage so i think it's part of the concept really not yeah. to ask for suggestions right no, 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 fair enough, fair enough. you gotta do what you think's right haven't you <laughs> <laughs> plus i am really amazed by how little you use a suggestion or how connected to anything a suggestion can be 
So I don't feel we're fooling the audience by not asking them anything because in the end we're just doing what we want. So. Yeah. So you start with emotion. Yeah. Uh, but like we we start by looking at each other. We try to find a connection and then we sort of build uh, the show gradually. It's, um, I, I really like that in the sense that we're not necessarily planning stuff. Um, it just happens, which is really enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what sort of, if someone came to see you before, what sort of thing could they expect? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> it's different every time, obviously, because you're it's, making it up. <laughs> no, exactly. I, I think what they can expect definitely is um, that we are we are nice people generally, so we are not going to make uh, very stupid or bad people on stage. I think they can expect us to be silly. Uh, we don't mind being a little bit crazy on the stage. And... As I said, chaos, and then trying to find meaning through that chaos. Ah, right. So you're jumping and then justifying after you've jumped to... Yeah, I think the idea is really to try and surprise ourselves on stage and then try and surprise the audience as well. Yeah, that is a, that is a lovely thing to see when, yeah, when performers surprise each other and uh, surprise themselves sometimes. <laughs> we try. <laughs> <laughs> so if somebody wanted to try and improvise in the style of that particular duo what would what would your advice be they thought oh, i want to be more like them i think my advice would be to find somebody you're comfortable with yeah uh, because being in a duo is actually uh, very difficult so if you don't get along well with the person you're on stage with is first, I think that's the main difficulty. Yeah. And then be honest with yourself. Yes. Because you have so little material that if you're not aware, self-aware of what's happening inside of you, it's difficult to play with somebody else. Yes. So I think it requires a degree of honesty and a degree of confidence. Yes. And then you have to find your pace and what you actually want to do on on the show, on the duo, um, and I'd be surprised. Yes, I mean, I, I am interested in the idea of duos in improv because in some ways I think it's much easier and then in some ways it's much harder. For example, you only have to listen to one other person on the stage. That makes it easier. Also, rehearsals should be easier to organise. Um, but then you don't you've got a lot more of the weight, the responsibility of the performance and things like that. So, uh. I think you have to pay even more attention to anything that happens because it's not only two characters. It happened that you're playing a bunch of characters and you're only two on stage. So you have to be super precise about the movement, about the, the way uh, any character speaks. So I think in a way it's even paying more attention to everything that happens on stage and also like if you, if you mess up, trust that your partner will make something great out of that mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And with Steven, it's, I, I have full trust in him for in doing that. So I'm, uh, I'm very happy. <laughs> Probably one of the happiest people in the world. <laughs> So who makes the most mistakes, you or Stephen? Oh, that's a tricky <laughs> question. 
Uh, well, it depends what kind of mistakes you, you, you mean. But I think overall, we make different sort of mistakes. But if you count them, it's roughly the same number. What type of mistakes do you make and what type of mistakes does Stephen make? Oh, I'm not going to I'm not gonna speak on Stephen's mistake. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but, uh, as far as I'm concerned, I think uh, the, one of the barriers that I have is uh, the English. Right. So I will make some stupid word out of nothing or I would have some French phrases that I would try and translate in French uh, in English and that would, wouldn't necessarily work. But Dave, Stephen is is really is um, really good into finding meaning in what I say. <laughs> Brilliant! I think that's I think that's definitely what you need from a, a partner if yeah. you're performing in a duo. Brilliant! Yes, I want to come back to the uh, improvising in English if it's not your first language uh, in a little bit. Um, but you're not only uh, performing with Stephen; you're also in another at least one other group that I know yeah. about. Uh, so I'm part of the Verbs. The Verbs. Tell uh, us about the Verbs. We haven't so heard about the Verbs on this podcast. So the Verbs is um, at the moment the house, the only house team of the nursery. Uh, so we had a couple of auditions recently. So we're still trying to find the that sort of uh, connection between us all, but I, I'm really happy with the work we're doing. Uh, it's also very organic. Uh, I think the focus is really on emotions. Uh, in some other places in London, you, you will have a focus on game. And I think our focus is really on relationships and emotions, which is somewhat different. And, but for me, very enjoyable because you have uh, that focus on the human beings and it's, uh, it's really nice. And one of the things with the verbs is we, we are quite diverse in terms of background, in terms of gender, in terms of uh, racial diversity as well. So it's a real pleasure to come every Thursday and play with this bunch of guys. So how is uh, performing with the verbs different from performing, say, with Stephen? Does it... Does it um... Well, I have to, to admit that, uh, well, to confess or whatever, that Stephen is also part of the verbs. Ah, so, right. <laughs> so I play also with him uh, in the verbs. Well, but, how do you play with him differently when he's in the verbs as opposed to when you're in the happiest people in the world? Maybe I, I think I think in the in the verbs, we... Well, I think, personally, I'm not as silent as in the happiest people in the world. Ah. So I, I think in the happiest people in the world, I let things happen more naturally, whereas maybe in the verbs I am more pushing onto stuff, even though it's still very organic. Yeah. Uh, but I think the structure, because with the verb we're somewhat trying to do a Harold's sort of uh, form, so with that constraint of the form I'm trying to keep in mind where we are in in the Harold and what happened in the, in previously so that we can call it that call back on, uh, on, on on what happened but so but also we're trying to converge into somewhere so I'm trying to not necessarily put my full attention forward but I have more um, an inclination into thinking forward when I'm with the verbs than with the happiest people in the world ah right that's interesting so can you define what you mean by organic because my understanding would say that something organic would not necessarily fit with the Harold structure. But, I mean, I may be mistaken, but that's just how my interpretation would be. I think the structure, you have to see it as um, like a backup. If you, um, what I mean by organic and the Harold is that we're not really fully tied to the 
three 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 with a uh, group games in the middle. Right. But it's just a, a loose structure. So we we know that we're gonna start with um. So generally speaking, we decide on the type of opening, but the opening is not really set in stone. So we will decide. For example, we start with a character painting, and then we see what what happens. Maybe it's gonna morph into a scene paint. Maybe it's gonna morph into we see eight. So these common typical games so that's the opening and then what comes from that opening are generally two or three streams of story mm -hmm. so the same as the Herald and then we have a group game and then not necessarily three streams it could be just one uh, once it's happened that we ended up in a, in a group scene so we were all on the stage together and it, it was a cocktail party essentially right, yeah, yeah. so in that sense we're not committed to the 333 of the Herald. Right. It's more, we take that in this, as, as an excuse to move forward in the in the structure so we know that in that beat, the second beat, we will expand or we will do uh, things a little bit differently but still connected to what happened in the first beat. Um, but we're not very strict on the structure. Right, okay. And what is really organic is the opening. The opening could really be anything and the group games not planned in advance at all. Oh, wow. So we're trying to pick something that happened on stage and we work around that. So it could be a sound, it could be uh, it could be just a small element of the background that just becomes the, the focus of the group game. So the middle sections are really fully organic. Right. So when we're talking about group games, what's your favorite group game to start an organic herald? Oh, um, at the moment, I'm really into character paint. Okay, could you like, describe what? So essentially, the character paint would be um, you have a backline, and one of the person narrates uh, a story through a character, but you don't give a lot of details. Uh, you will say, I don't know, for example, uh, uh, so you have a person that is roughly uh, three foot tall, um, and, and then another person will come and describe, well, this is a girl, and uh, this girl has a badge. It says, I'm the best cat girl in California, uh, or whatever. So you start building a story all together through the medium of a character. So you add uh, cloth clothing details, you add um, like skin color details or whatever um, something some elements that could be typical of a period of time right yeah but I really like the the concept of telling a story through a character that you paint and we're all together to paint that character so it feels really entertaining oh, that sounds that sounds great but how would you then take this character you described and translate it into scenes so I, th I think there are two main ways to take that character and put that into scene. I think the first very straightforward way is to take that character and the person who was on stage um, being described as the character stays on stage and starts the story as this character. Ah, right. yeah, yeah, so yeah, that's, yeah. that would be the first, uh, the, the first way forward. The second way would be to just take an element out of that character and to expand or start initiate a scene of that element. I mentioned the the badge of the scout girl. It could be um, so you you start a, a scene with uh, two girls trying to sell cookies to some person in the neighborhood, or it, it just could be anything. 
it doesn't have to be that scout girl, right, the yes. best in California, whatever. So, yeah, so it could either be you take literally take the character that's been described, or you can take an inspiration from it. And yeah, we ah, oh, sounds amazing. Sounds really good. Cool. So, those are the two. Those are the two main things you're working on at the moment. Is that right? I'm also working on a solo improv show. Oh right, okay. It's called Vice Versa. And to be honest, <laughs> the experience of being alone on stage and doing improv is the most terrifying ever. Really? <laughs> I'm not really sure I like that feeling. Uh, however, it's a really good exercise. Uh, and I wanted to work on that format of vice versa. Uh, so essentially, what, I, what I'm aiming at doing is um, replicating what happened in the movie Inside Out by Pixar or Disney, yeah, 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 when yeah. you follow the story of a character through the voices in her head. Right. So you have this little girl going through adolescence, moving out from cities to another city, and she's experiencing all this changing, and you can see and follow uh, how she's impacted right. through these little characters in her head. Yeah, so you yeah. have joy, you have anger, you have all, so you know the movie if you've seen it. If you've not seen it, you have to see it's it. Very good. It's, it's very good. It's a really good movie. Yeah. So the idea is, I'm alone on stage, and we move into my head to see uh, my emotions and how that works for my story. Wow! And it's initially I started doing this with the lights. Uh, I got a fancy for lights uh, <laughs> recently, okay, so yeah. I bought a lot of lights. I shouldn't say the brand, but. Uh, <laughs> you can say the brand, they might want to sponsor us. Okay, so Philips. Philips oh, yeah. uh, U lamps, uh, where you can change the color depending on the mood. Uh, and I, I automated my, my lamps at home, so my whole living room is full <laughs> of, of lamps. And I, initially I wanted to chat with my um, mobile, so Siri on the iPhone, to say, well, I'm angry, change the colors to, uh, to red. But it turned out it was working fine in my living room, but putting that on stage was really a struggle. Uh, so I decided to take out the lights for the moment. Oh, but I don't entirely understand because, you know, I've been involved in tech heavy projects and getting them to work outside your living room, it is hard. But then when it does work, it's like, oh, I know, I know. So I, I, I think. I still have the ambition for that to work, but for now, I'm focusing just on the game of putting my emotions on stage and trying to make sense out of the whole thing. So, do you play the individual emotions? Are you playing them as the characters they are in Inside Out? The, the idea would be essentially to play the emotions as a proper character. Um, so you start, well, I start uh, with, a, with a base scene. Uh, so the initiations that I'm asking from the audience, uh, even though I don't like suggestions for this show, I think it's necessary for me to have suggestions. <laughs> I, okay, yeah, come here. <laughs> I, I ask them, uh, what is the place where they feel most like themselves? Um, because I realize that personally, when I'm under the shower, I really let my thinking go in every direction. I sometimes make songs out of nothing with uh, picking stuff of uh, uh, that are shit in my life or that are good. So it's just that place where I just feel like myself, like I have no boundaries or limitations. So I'm trying to replicate that state 
from a suggestion of the audience. So trying to find the space where I can let go of the character thoughts. Wow. So you'll, you'll take a suggestion and yeah. then what will you do with that? So I, I want, um, so what, what I've done so far is to take that suggestion, start with the base scene and trying to, uh, um, to create the story of a character. So I think the focus is really to, to find, pers- for me as the actor, I need to find the want of my character. Mm-hmm. And then I want to push him into um, a space, an emotional space, where you have conflicting emotions. Um, so you, you will have, if you, if you take the, the analogy with colors, you would have a very red emotion and a very blue emotion. Red would be a sort of anger type of emotion and blue something more sad uh, with me being as the baseline quite yellow, mm. quite happy. As my usual point, I think, is quite positive. <laughs> <laughs> but so trying to counterbalance this neutral point with uh, something quite extreme in one direction and quite extreme in the other directions. Um, and I'm not really aiming at um, laughter in the, that sort of improv. For me, it's really a way of exploring the emotions of a person because I really think that in life, we, in many occasions, we have conflicting emotions and trying to figure out what is the impact on the character in the base scene. Hmm. Uh, but it's still a work in progress and I'm, I'm really noticing that I, I made a lot of progress because I started uh, this uh, sort of improv uh, at the end of last year um, and it's, I think it's moving in a direction that I really enjoy. I'm not putting it on stage very often, but I do it in my living room with some friends or with some of the person that I know. And it, it's a good experience for me. It's more an exercise, as I said, yeah. not necessarily uh, something <laughs> that I want to comment hard on. Right, yeah, yeah. But yeah. It's, um, it's really good to explore the emotion and trying to, uh, to see uh, the, the characters or the part of his life through this through uh, like a, an emotion perspective but both at the same time so you're playing you're playing the character so let's say so i'm playing character and i find my wants so i have a point of view and i want to explore uh, an emotional point point of view for that character so i will go into the anger area and treat uh. for example uh, a person working and frustrated because uh, I don't know if things are not going well with the manager or whatever. So you have a degree of frustration and you, you want to explore that through the angle. Oh, I want to explore that through the angle of anger to what? see, well, I'm really frustrated because this manager, blah, 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 is making my life super hard. So explore the frustration through the angle of anger, but then realizing that actually what pisses me off is not him being bad at me, but it's more my status that is maybe, I don't know, more junior than what I think of myself. Uh, so it's more, so it wouldn't be sadness necessarily, but it would be disgust that I'm treated that badly because right. of, so I, I'm trying to find the actual underlying point of view of these character through the angle of emotions. 
Right, okay, I've got that. I think I've got it now because yeah. I was not sure when you used the inside out analogy whether you were going to play a scene as the whole person and then we would see inside their head or whatever and you'd be playing the individual characters, you know, one character of anger, one character of whatever. But that's not it, is it? It's more... It's part of it, but it's not the purpose of the, in, uh, of the vice versa improv. Cool. Because I actually, so I start as a one character, but then I will interact with some of the characters and then I will possibly go in their heads as well. So it could ah. be uh, quite messy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest, it's a work in progress. Yeah, no, it sounds fascinating. <laughs> um, and you said that something about you didn't like suggestions, so you were going to take them because that was how the project worked or something? Explain that to me, because that sounds like a curious form of masochism. <laughs> uh, like, I, in improv, I don't really like suggestions, because probably it's the way I, I phrase the way of the, uh, the, the ask to get the suggestion, but I feel that they're not really in line with what I'm feeling necessarily. Right. So I, I, I feel a struggle. I'm, I feel it's a struggle for me to put that succession in, in the work afterwards. Uh, and I mean, when I started in, in, in France, I was doing short form improv. So very game driven with a, um, a caucus. So you speak with the other person. And that was the most struggling part. Like, how can you plan it in advance what you're going to do or how you, you're going to use the suggestion? But as part of this solo improv, I think it's necessary for me because I'm alone on stage. I want to interact with the audience. So I want to find a way to bring them on the same page as me. So I want them to tell, or I want at least one of them to tell me what uh, location make them the most like themselves. Uh, if I'm given a, a longer time for, for, for the show, I will ask them for a memory so that in the middle of the show, that memory will pop up and I have no idea what it is, but then I, I will try and make sense out of that memory and what happened before. Uh, so trying to find a way to interact with the audience because at the end of the day, I'm no, I know that it's not necessarily a laughing experience, but I want still the audience to have an enjoyable time. Yeah, oh, brilliant. Um, yeah, no, I, th I think, um, <laughs> well, I shouldn't really admit it, but uh, yeah, quite often if I get, uh, take a suggestion, I just sort of forget it. <laughs> and then we make something up anyway. And then it's like, well, I don't really know why I took that suggestion. <laughs> it's like, I just made it up anyway. And maybe, you know, I know technically I'm supposed to go, right, that makes me think of that, which makes me think of that, which is cool. I don't know, it doesn't really seem to happen. I'm just like, oh, now I'm doing something. Yeah, but as, as you say, it makes me think of this, it makes me think of that. I think because I'm alone on stage, I can work with the audience and yeah. going through all my thought processes and to sell, tell them actually my free association or my association of words. Uh, so you told, you told me that suggestion. So for me, the, the base scene is the initial contact and then I will explore with you my free association or my association of words. Uh, because I noticed that my way of thinking is usually very different from other person way of thinking <laughs> so i like even in my work or in, in any instance of my life i have to guide people through my thought process 
So in a way, doing that solo show is a way for me to, okay, I understand that my thought process is not working as necessarily <laughs> as well as the other person's. So I'm just trying to guide you through my way of thinking. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> How is your way of thinking different? I think it's very explosive. Uh, like I, I can jump from one, one thing to another very quickly and then come back. Uh, it's not necessarily linear. Right, okay. Uh, and I, I really like to, uh, to pick something, try to explore it, and then come back. But then in, in my line of job, people are very rational, and I, my background is really rational. So I know things should be sequential for some people. You have to think linearly, this because of that, and that, and this, so that I can conclude that this. But for me, I will say, oh, I see this, so maybe that, and this, and this, and that. But it is nowhere related to the initial <laughs> <laughs> inception. Uh, so, yeah, I'm aware that I have to guide people most of the time through my thought process. Can I ask very broadly what line of business you're in? Uh, I'm, a, I'm now a business developer in uh, renewable energies, gas, electricity, uh, so this is uh, um, this is quite commercial. Uh, so it's very interesting, but my background is very mathematical, mathematical engineering, quantitative finance. Um, so very number driven. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, right. So you mentioned um, you have a background in short form. Yeah. How did you get started in, with improv? I started uh, about 10 years ago, actually, in France. So I was studying, and when I was at high school, I, I was doing, I was part of the drama association. So we had, we, we were meeting every Friday evening, uh, and every quarter we had a performance in front of parents, teachers. Uh, but then uh, at university, I had no time for learning and rehearsing the, the proper theater. So I just went directly to improv because you have no need for rehearsal. <laughs> you can go with nothing prepared and you'll be fine. Um, and I loved improv. <laughs> so it, it really became um, a sort of addiction, to be honest. Um, so I started, because in France, it's uh, the, the, the mainstream format or the most common format would be this competitive short form. Game, so you have two teams, a referee. It's a sort of a parody of a hockey game, so it's inherited from Canada. Right. So you, you will have people wearing these Canada, uh, these hockey shirts. Uh, they're in what they call a high rink. Right. Um, so it's essentially a match. So you have uh, to win the game, <laughs> and um, it it was really it, like I I love the experience, but then I got a little bit frustrated as an actor because you want to of course you want to please the audience uh at any point but it's just like sometimes in the short form game you have that gaggy sort of atmosphere yeah. that as an actor you don't really explore characters and i really felt frustrated because of that uh, but still in france that's very normal to do these short for short form things and then in 2010 i went for an internship in australia and then I discovered the long form. That was the first time I was improvising in English. 
So I felt really empowered in doing stuff. Uh, and then I moved in London five years ago now. Uh, and I, as I said, it was an addiction at that point. So <laughs> I, I wanted to keep on doing improv. What sort of things were you doing in Australia? Uh, I was doing an internship in mathematics. Uh, so I was living in Adelaide at the time. And I was working on the optimization of the Murray-Darling Basin in terms of uh, river flows. Wow. Uh, because at the time they were experiencing a drought, so yeah. they needed to optimize the way they uses they used the water resources in that region, and um, so I did essentially the whole algorithm behind their optimization. Wow! And you managed to do some improv as well. Yeah. So yeah, every every Wednesday. So every, what, what what were you doing improv wise there? Uh, so I did a little bit of short form in English because I felt comfortable with that format. But then the people I was working with, uh, I'm sorry, I don't remember the names. <laughs> That's fair enough. <laughs> the, per the people I was working with, so they were interested also in long form. So we did a little bit of long form. And that was the first time I experienced um, doing Harold-ish yeah, sort of yeah. uh, form. And then uh, when I went back in Paris, I sort of uh, wanted to explore more this uh, long form scene. So I went to see people there in Paris and try to work that. But yeah, I think now that I'm in the UK, it's here in the UK, it's more normal to do long form rather than mm. short form. So it's very much easier to do so. Cool. And um, yeah, so what are the some of the challenges and opportunities of improvising a language which isn't your first language, because I find it hard enough, and only speak one language. <laughs> this is really, uh, really difficult, you you may think, and it is. Um, it, it is, it, like, at some point you realize that in improv or in life, you don't need much to put your messages across. Um, you have, to be aware that you will make mistake and that's okay. Like I think it's part of improv actually to make mistake and make things great out of that those mistakes. Um, but um, I've been I, I love to travel. I love what I call adventurous traveling. This is what I put in my resume. <laughs> <laughs> so adventurous traveling for me it means that I go in a place um, and that started when I was in uh, two thousand and eight. I went to China. And I started to learn Mandarin like six months before going. So my Mandarin was very poor. I'm still learning and I still feel it's very poor, even though it's been nine years now. <laughs> but so the point is, you go in that in those places, you don't speak the language, but then you connect with the people, you share things, and you don't need much vocabulary to do so. And if I was able to do this in Chinese, I surely was able to do that in English. Uh, so that's part of the reason, part of the drive that pushed me onto embracing the mistakes because I know that we'll do mistakes. I know that I have a stupid accent at times. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, <laughs> it just. I don't think you've got a stupid accent. I feel I should challenge that. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Stuart. You're very kind. <laughs> uh, but. Yeah, no, improvising in a different language. At the end of the day, we're speaking through emotions, we're speaking with human beings, and but sometimes you won't understand. And it happened to me that I was on stage with uh, a person from Scotland with a very thick Scottish accent, 
and I did not understand a word of what was said to me. But you understand with the context, we understand with the intention behind words. So if, if I have an advice for people improvising with non-native uh, improvisers is be meaningful in your intentions. <laughs> right, okay. Like, they, they will not necessarily understand all the references. They will not necessarily understand every word of what you say, but be precise in your intentions. And that'd be fine. <laughs> right, excellent, excellent. Cool. Okay, so time for the big, big final question. Ooh. Big final question, okay. What would you say was a signature Eric move? What, can, what do you do on stage and people go, hey, classic Eric. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I think it could be, like, I, I could be very close to myself on stage. So I could, like, I think a classic move, if I don't understand anything, I will overly say yes right. to things. So I will be, be really in agreement with everything that happens, even though I don't understand. <laughs> That's very typical. And the other thing <laughs> will be um, to make something possibly a little bit crazy, because again, I'm thinking, explosively so it might not make sense but for me it does <laughs> <laughs> and a third possible po possible move could be um i i don't know maybe just to to smile and be positive even though they were doing a very crazy dark story and try to find the positivity in that i made this That's improv! <laughs>